0: Ben here? Brother Ben. Now Ben got a heck of a program. A lot of people listening to Brother Ben. And Ben tells them about the minister. And Ben tells them about the minister
1: all right so welcome to this morning's morning call we're going to see how many people come on the zoom and just follow the directions that we gave last week about even if you don't get a text still come on so i guess this is a little test we're gonna do today uh shout out to everybody who is on uh on, on, on youtube and you know facebook and things of that nature if you are on the zoom for your very first time press the number one if you are here on the zoom for your very first time go ahead and press the number one in the comment section. Also, remember if you would like to attend your local Muhammad Master study group, go to www.noistudygroup.com. www.noistudygroup.com. Shout out to Sister Matasha She's She joined uh, uh, this past Sunday, fam. We got one that raised a hand. Oh, we got one that raised a hand. Oh, the results of the power call. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. So we're going to get right into this because this is going to be a two-part series. Listening to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, for those who missed when he told us about the great brother Jabril. So we're going to reveal to the world today on the power call who is this angel Jabril. Let's get right into it. Us. For what a special gift. He was from Allah to the nation of Islam, to humanity. Brothers and sisters, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan.
2: Allahu Akbar! Allahu Akbar! Allahu Akbar!
0: In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, all praise is due to Allah, the Lord of all the worlds, the Creator the giver of life and the ultimate cause of death. We thank Allah for his merciful intervention in our affairs in the person of Master Fard Muhammad to whom praise is due forever the great Mahdi or guide who was to come and has come and made his appearance among an unloved, unwanted people inside America and chose a people like us. Who had no knowledge of self nor their origin in the world, he chose us to be his people and he declared himself to be our God. He came. He came to set us free indeed. He came to make us into himself, a nation of gods, bowing down to none or no one, but Allah, the creator of the heavens and the earth, who has no equal. No associates, and if you're associated with him, it's because he commanded it. Oh, brothers and sisters, I thank Allah so much for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. My dear brother, Jibril, those who spoke today reading his brief summary of his great life and work, you could never summarize his life in a little pamphlet like this. You will love him more as you know him more. You will love him more as you learn more about who Jibril Muhammad is. Not only Jibril Muhammad who he is with the nation of Islam, but who he is with Allah and who directed him in the marvelous way that his life was fashioned. In the janaza service of uh, Muslims, we don't do eulogies and We don't sing sad songs or do a lot of uh, sad music. We don't do preaching, (laughs) but not today. I want to talk about this unusual human being. Both of us born in the Bronx, New York in the same hospital. Think about that. Morrisania Hospital in the Bronx, New York. my brother and myself we had a deep love for God and love for our people and a great desire to see our people free justified and equal before the entire world both of us grew up our young years, we were in New York, and so was I. My mother took us to Bermuda and then to Boston, Massachusetts, where I went to school, and my brother, Jabril, was in New York going to school. And then one day, he met Brother Malcolm. It's not a coincidence. One day, I met the same man, Malcolm X. Both of us were so positively affected by our meeting with Brother Malcolm. When I first heard him, I had already heard the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I took out my form and wrote a letter to get rid of a slave name. But like in all things, the enemy is always trying to make it more difficult than it should be. I never got an answer to my letter. So I went to New York where I began a little work in show business and there I went to the temple like my brother, Jibreel. The temple was a beautiful place for him and me and many, some of whom are right here in this room, that were nurtured into a totally new way of thinking, new way of acting, new way of life, with a new teaching from a new teacher, the most honorable and honored Elijah Muhammad. I want to talk about why I gave my brother the very beautiful name, Jabril. He didn't want Jabril. He said, I will accept it, but you got to give it an A, Jabril. Now, you got to ask him, how did you know the day, the month, the year, that Elijah Muhammad would leave from among us on the heels of a death plot? Only he knows and when something like that happens and a man comes up right, who would you give the credit to? Oh, 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 See sometimes we have knowledge implanted in us, given to us, shared with us by Allah through angelic forces. I called him Jibreel because to me he was an angel. And he was my particular angel that God sent after me to bring me back to myself and to God. In life, you meet many people who you call your friends. When I met Brother Jabril, he put capital letters on the word friend. Yes, he put capital words on the name brother. Yes, he had an assignment. Most of us don't know much about scripture. And we're so messed up with the way Satan has put prophecy and made it history and took history and made it prophecy. So we really needed a teacher to unravel the beauty of both Bible and Quran. So the Matthew came. A flesh and blood human being. He came. Now, the Quran tells you you, you you can try your best to interpret the Quran, and it gives us rules of interpretation. Just so we'll be guided better in our desire to look into the Word of God. But Allah says it so clearly in the Quran, in Surah Al-Amran, it says uh, the Quran has verses that are decisive. The Qur'an has verses that are allegorical, and those in whose hearts is a disease, they take the allegorical part because they, you know, they want to claim something for themselves. And I know you know people like that. But then the Quran says, but none, I'm going to say it again. But none knows its interpretation but Allah. Listen. So I don't care what kind of scholar we think we are. And the scholars have messed up religion with much of their ignorant talk of what it means. None Knows its interpretation, but Allah. And then it says, and those firmly rooted in knowledge, they say. See, now some of you miss the punctuation. And those firmly rooted in knowledge, see they're trying to put themselves slyly, slickly, demonically where they don't belong. You don't belong interpreting a word that comes from Allah except by his permission. So Allah clears up all stupidity by saying none knows its interpretation but Allah. And I put a period there. Well who the hell are you, Fakhan, to put a period where the enemy had put a comma? because I have been made wiser by God's permission than a scholar. You don't call me the minister for nothing. When you hear about the minister, your mind don't go to Reverend (laughs) Chickenfoot. What comes out of your mouth is, oh, the minister, Minister Farrakhan. So I, I, I put a period in place of the comma. And thus it reads like this none knows its interpretation but Allah. Period. And those firmly rooted in knowledge, they say. We believe in it. Notice the difference. It is all from Allah, but they're just believers. See, in a divine work, everybody got to know their place. And when you try to get into God's place when you belong somewhere else, you're making a tragic mistake. Cause many people to lose their lives with somebody playing God. Elijah Muhammad didn't play God. He met God. He was taught by God and he grew up into God.
3: Praise be to
0: So, my beloved brother, lies here, fulfilling the Qur'an, I'd like to read a few verses that are, I I think, rightly describing him. O soul that art at rest return to thy Lord well pleased and well pleasing. I had those verses from the Quran put in his casket because if you were blessed to see him in repose, in death, you would have to bear witness, man, he certainly looks just like he's sleeping. He certainly looks at I'm going to tell you something. To be dead in this world, everybody should be dying with a frown. (laughs) Because in this world, we go out in the evil of this world, and it's hard on us. But when God has given you a reason for living and a purpose for living, and you fulfill that purpose, then dying is as easy as saying, Alhamdulillah. I finished my course, I have run my race, now is laid up for me a crown. I called him Jabril because to me he was an angel of exquisite Quality. I'm not going to be long, but i got to say what's on my heart. Yes, you know, there's a cyclical nature to history. Some may call it cyclical. History does repeat itself, even when you sometimes learn the lesson of it. When the circumstances are similar, the conditions are similar, the need is similar then God acts and sends a messenger into the world. And sometimes that messenger is supported by an angel and sometimes the messenger is an angel. Oh, wait a minute now. The Qur'an said, if you were an angel, I would send an angel for you. (laughs) I was at the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's table one day. And I was sharing with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad an out-of-the-body experience that I had. I've had several of them. That uh, you're not physically present, but you can hear, you can see without the use of the auditory nerves or the eyes because you are in a state of mind spiritually where you travel. And so I was traveling. And I ended up in Rome. I'm not interested in encouraging your disbelief. And your negative mind toward me. But when I got up the nerve to tell the Honorable Elijah Muhammad my experience, a lot of people were in the room, but they were all talking. And I talked to the messenger, you know, like sometime a little private, you know, conversation. He took his spoon. And he hit the, uh, the glass that is uh, like, uh, it's crystal, and it emits a sound. And when he hit that glass, and the believers around the table heard it, they got quiet. And the honorable Elijah Muhammad said to the table, I want you to hear something that uh, the minister has told me. I felt a little strange, because when you're not liked by people, not because you did anything wrong to them, They don't understand how God works. There were two young men. One of them is in this room today. Brother Abdullah Yassin, a son of the honorable Elijah Muhammad, and brother Kamal Kareem. These young boy, they were about 10 years old, and each of them could look in water and see things. Not a bug in the water, but transported through the water, through the water of their brain, to a place where they both see and hear. That young man, Abdullah Yassin, is here, and I knew him from a young boy. And while I'm on that subject, when we had dinner that evening, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad asked the question, why would two young boys, 10 years old, start looking in the water and seeing things? Why would God allow that? This is the messenger asking the question. And then he answered the question. He says, because he's making us into a nation of gods. You and I, in our present state of mind, we use the telephone, we use the television, and we use, uh, you know, the contraptions that white folks, and I, I thank them so much because it, it is nice that we can see each other long distance. with just tapping the phone, and all of a sudden, we're talking to somebody that we love. That's a big step. But in the world of the righteous, they don't need a phone. They can hear you. In fact, once the messenger knew, of course he knew long before I said it, that Allah was doing things with me, he uh, told me one day, and it's in the book by Imam Sultan Muhammad the writings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad from his table talks. He says, "Um, yes, brother, because of your spiritual understanding, you could look in on us listening at you. and he's talking about how they were around the table listening to a tape of myself that they were listening to in Chicago but then he's saying now uh, brother you you could listen in looking at us listening at you I, I, I'm far beyond lying to you, I'm just telling you what he said. But he's telling me that we all have powers that come from this magnificent thing that we call brain. And sometimes you can see things, and you wake up, and you wonder, what, what, what was that about? Ooh, ooh, look, I've been here before. I heard that conversation before. Because you're the people of God. You don't know what God has put in you, but if you clean up your life, you get more acquainted with your real power. Now, I don't need to stay on that point because I wanted to get to the cyclical nature of history and prophecy. Not going to be long, not on that. But it's written in the history, listen, that Jibreel would retire to a cave in a mountain in Arabia called Hira, Hira, Mount Hira. Muhammad was a very deeply spiritual human being. He saw the pain of the Arabs. He saw the condition of the world, and he would retire to that cave. And sometimes when you're a deeply spiritual person, you need to close things down and get quiet and talk to God. And you'll be surprised what you can hear back as you clean yourself up in the drive to become one with God. I called this brother Jabril, and I did not miss. I didn't, I didn't make a mistake. My relationship with him was one of the most loving, friendly encounters of a brother with a brother. And this beloved family here, when the nations first started, and Jabril and I were traveling the country, setting up study groups we would come back to Phoenix where he had a mosque or temple already functioning, strong, believing men and women, brothers and sisters. And when I was on the road and I came back, I needed some form of release and comfort and I would find it in Jabril's home, with his family. He surrounded me with E.T, Barry, Naima, Elijah, not banal at that time. And in that house There was always love, always caring, always sharing the wisdom of God. So 1,400 years ago, when Jibreel visited Prophet Muhammad, This time he was seeing Jibreel in four different directions. They looked and they saw a man. He didn't come in no spirit, no spook. This was a human being who said to Muhammad, read. Read in the name of your Lord who creates man from a clot, and taught man by the pen what man knew not." This beautiful program of my illustrious brother, I want to thank the family and all those who had a part in putting this together. It was absolutely beautiful. And when you take this home, have the courage to read it again and again. On the cover, wow. Some of us thought, well, gee, we, we needed that big, beautiful picture of Brother Jabril, but on the cover there was a pen. (laughs) I said, I said, wow. When I saw it and then I opened and there was my brother, oh, as beautiful as he can be, but a pen is what made him an angel of God. Prophet Muhammad, may Allah always be pleased with him and grant him and those with him peace. Prophet Muhammad. Heard a man that told him, read, read. He said, but I, I'm sorry, I, I, I can't read, because he was the unlearned prophet, couldn't read. But the prophet didn't, uh, Jabril didn't stop, he said, read. In the name of your Lord, who creates man from a clot and taught man by the pen what man knew not. Read! And your Lord is most generous. Finally, Muhammad, there was no book to read. When he said read, there was no book in existence. But the book came into existence after Muhammad took the hearing of it And his friends and associates wrote down what God revealed, and a book came out of it. Now, let's fast forward. What kind of condition are Negroes in, in America, under the tyranny of white supremacy? Do you need somebody? Do we need somebody to help us? Elijah Muhammad, born in Georgia. I don't think you could be brought up in a worse place except Mississippi or Alabama. Elijah Muhammad loved our people. He wanted to see our people free. He heard his father, gospel preacher, preaching, but he knew one day he was going to preach, but he wasn't going to preach the same thing that his daddy preached. He just didn't know what it was. And then a man showed up. There's always a man. Ain't no spirit showing up, no. You're not a spirit, so God ain't sending you a spirit. He's sending you a man with the spirit to help you get up from your condition. Look at this. Wait, 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 wait. Let me just finish this part of it. When Master Fahd Muhammad gave Elijah Muhammad a book to read, it was all Arabic. And the honorable Elijah Muhammad said, "I, I can't read. The Savior didn't pay that no attention. He kept telling them, read. And then he gave him a book written from cover to cover in Arabic, written by his hand. And he said, when you learn Arabic, I will give this to you to read. What book was that? See, it was the book that inspired Imam Warithuddin to put the Quran up as a flag. We discussed that, he and I. Well, Your understanding of the Quran, if it's limited, it's almost like putting books on the back of a jackass. And the jackass continues to walk. And when it gets from point A to point B, it's still a jackass because it can't read. Read. And then he gave Elijah Muhammad, the Maulana Muhammad Ali, Quran, and of all the books that 104 of them that Master Farad Muhammad gave Elijah Muhammad to read. he said the best book by far was the Holy Quran, but every other book, had bits and pieces in it of the life of Prophet Muhammad. Now why would Elijah Muhammad be given books that tell him about all aspects of the life of Prophet Muhammad? Well the work of Muhammad didn't end with the Quran in China or in Russia or in Africa, a whole new world had been discovered that didn't know nothing about the Holy Quran. So when Mahdi came here, he chose the honorable Elijah Muhammad and taught him how to read what is written and gave him the meaning of the Qur'an. That puts him head and shoulders above the scholars of the world. And as my teacher, I used to buy books with the scholarly writings of the Islamic scholars. And one day, I was with him, and I told him all these books I had, you know, about the writings of the scholars. And he stopped and said, brother, I wouldn't give two cents. Now, two cents to all of the scholarship? of the scholars, that means that you, you have a book, it's a beautiful book, you've made an effort with the book, but you're caught by Satan with your knowledge of the book. Talk, talk to me. You ain't bowing to Allah, you bowing to Washington, D.C. You bowing to all these Western leaders. Where's Allah in that? So we were taught by Elijah Muhammad, and we loved his translation of things, his interpretation of things, and and his writings, they're so profound. Message to the black man, how to eat to live, book one and two, fall of America. you get his books and I'm talking now all over the world you don't know what's about to go down in the Middle East but Elijah Muhammad had laid it out yes he is a messenger of God more than that Let me close that point with this. Those of you who grew up in the nation, the nation to us was the most beautiful thing that God had given to us. We had sisters, teenagers, who were virgins and so proud. That they had not been defiled, and when the change came, the teachings of the honorable Elijah Muhammad suffered almost a death blow. Okay. In this writing, he got a postcard from me. Yeah, that's right, he did, but. You just can't say it like that because the minister don't write postcards. If any of you got a postcard from me, stand up and I'll give you $1,000. You ain't got no postcard from me. But I, I was in Mecca and my brother Akbar who's watching, he and I were in Mecca. We were at the first international conference on Islamic education. And I was trying to get the scholars to give me some money so I could do the life of Brother Malcolm. What? Yeah. I lived Malcolm's life. He was my teacher. And I said, hell, if he converted to orthodox Islam, what better service can I bring to the world than a real true knowledge of Malcolm? And that's what I was going to do. And I told Wallace D. Muhammad that that's what I was going to do. And he said, well, brother, you know, you have to be so careful because... You don't want to say nothing negative about Elijah Muhammad. I said, man, you already know that. I'm telling you all, stop saying the thing that you're saying about him. Why the hell would I go out and say something him? No." Brother Jabril got my postcard. I wrote it, and I don't write postcards, but I was in Mecca, and I was absolutely, I guess I was almost, I don't want to say crazy, but I was almost in a state of mind where I would talk to Brother Akbar, and he said, now, minister, you you talking, I don't even feel like praying after I listen to you. (laughs) He did say that. And I said, but Akbar, look in their eyes. We were in Mecca. helped help me to kiss the black stone. But he had to fight his way through these worshipers. And when you see people falling in love with a piece of a stone and going to fight over the stone, I knew I was in the right place with the wrong people <laughs> that didn't understand the meaning of the stone. The messenger said, I, 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 I kissed the stone and I felt a little foolish kissing something that represented myself. <laughs> now I'm going to close this point. Walking back from al kaaba To our hotel, I said to Brother Akbar, just out of the blue, one day I'm going to come back to Mecca at the head of 10,000. Wait, don't clap. Don't clap. I didn't know that what I said was in the Hadith of the Prophet that a Negro would come back. I don't fit that title Negro, but (laughs) I'll accept it. (laughs) And I told Brother Akbar, you know, if the prophet came back, he would have to start right in Mecca and cleanse them up again from the worship of idols i mean it's a hard pill to swallow and i'm half dead mentally i'm lost man but this is the way i'm talking as a lost man so i wrote Jabril. when he got that word that i was kissing the stone but i knew like the messenger that you know it's just a stone Man, he knew then, the minister's ready. Now, wait, wait, wait. The minister is ready. Let me go get him. See, he had an assignment. He's in that box. Not him, but the body's in there. But he finished his assignment. Now, let me tell you what his assignment was, and then you can— See it for yourself. He didn't leave me alone when he woke me up. He came with a book that he had written in a brown paper bag. Some of you got his own words when he said it. And he said, I said, well, brother, you know, we got to talk about rebuilding his work. He said, yeah, but what I want you to do is read read this book we went up to my room put the book up in the closet on the top shelf and he excused himself after in the afternoon of the first day he came back and he looked in the room and he could see the pained expression in my face And he said, ooh, it's working. Let me back, let me back out. He came back the second day, and I was crying. Because I knew then that I had turned hypocrite on my messenger. And that's a bad term, hypocrite, you know. Nobody wants to be that
1: well,
0: you sure that's what you did? I said, yeah. It's in the scripture. His brother named Peter, the chief disciple of who? Of who? Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. When he was with Jesus, Jesus told him, before the cock crows once, you're going to deny me thrice. I fulfilled it. The cock crowing is somebody calling you at dawn to wake up. When the cock crowed, I had already been hypocrite and against the teachings of the messenger for 30 months, 30 months, 30 months. This man came after me. He knew what I was supposed to do. And he knew his job was to wake me up and get me started on the assignment. What is the assignment? You are the right hand of God. The nation was destroyed on one hand, but Jesus said, "If, if I destroy the temple, he didn't leave that out on somebody else. He said, if I destroy it, I will rebuild it in three days. And on the third day, on the third day, when Brother Jabril came in that room, I was weeping so, I held his hand and I said, Brother, your eye operation has been a great success. The scales have been removed from my eyes, and you can find that in the writings of the New Testament when Paul had his meeting with Jesus. Oh, man. You don't even know, man, that we are fulfilling the scripture from Genesis to Revelation. All of it is talking about us. Well, now, what was my assignment? Look at what Jesus said. Before the cock crows once, you will deny me thrice. But I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail you altogether. But when you have come back to yourself, Go and strengthen your brothers. Now look at this. Wait, 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 wait. When I read that book, is it possible that the Elijah Muhammad is still alive? I read it in December 1980. And I went upstairs and when I read it the next morning, we were having coffee, and I told Jabril, "I said, brother, now this is the this is the second part of my journey with Jabril. First part was to get me to see that Elijah Muhammad was alive. Wow." Man, when he told me Elijah Muhammad was alive, I thought he had been smoking something. I didn't know. He was so sweet. I said, well, brother, I said, he's not here. So if he's not here, the work is on you and me and us to do. I'm talking about rebuilding the nation. He didn't argue because Elijah Muhammad wasn't there, but he and I were, and we went to work. And because you got your uniform on now, you look so pretty. See under the Imam, all these uniforms that you all got on, they were thrown in the garbage. Yeah, you got them on now, don't you? You proud to be an FOI and a MGT, don't you? But it started from this. It started from this man, and let me tell you. You want to know why I love this man so much, boy? He tucked me under his arms like, like I was a little baby, nursing from a fat breast, (laughs) and he was so kind and loving to me, and he would send me scriptures, tell me little things to read. He was my mentor. He was my teacher. He was helping me to be myself again. How could I not love him? How could I not clear his name? How could I not when I knew what he did for me? And you are the witness of what my resurrection did for all of you everywhere on this earth. So the first thing that he did, he caused me to be aware that Elijah Muhammad was alive. That was a big step. And how did I handle it? I said, brother, Savior's Day, we're going to have our first Savior's Day. In February 1981, I said, and I'm going to announce it to the world that Elijah Muhammad is alive. Now, wait a minute. Here you got a death certificate. You got a funeral. You got all this going on. And I'm going to say to the world that Elijah Muhammad, that the whole world believe in dead, that he's alive. So you know they say I'm in Nutville, right? But see, if you're not willing to go to Nutville for God, you don't deserve it, man. Yes. And when I told him, I've read your book, and I see he's alive. See, the first time, he just woke me up. And that was great. I'm weeping. And the Bible said when Peter found out that he had been that kind of person, look at the scripture. It said he wept bitterly. You don't know nothing about that, but I do. Because I lived that book. See, that's why, believe me, Elijah Muhammad is so real. His work is so magnificently great. And that man got me back up on my feet and helped me to become strong. And so Jesus said, when you have recovered, Look at the words. Now here's my recoverer right there. He's an angel. Angels have power to restore, to reconnect broken pieces. He did that. And we're here because he honored his commitment to Allah and came after me. And I had already made a commitment to Allah. I offered the messenger my whole life, my whole being. Whatever talent I got, I've always used it for the resurrection of our people. See? Yeah. But it wouldn't have happened if somebody didn't come get me. And then I came and got you. How about that one? How about that one? Cause you would have been some dead Negroes out in the grave eating hog maw and pork chops in the house of ill repute, dope dealers and dope smokers. So when he came and got me, Jesus said, when you have recovered, look at the words, Go and strengthen your brethren. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and I don't don't care how you answer it, because you can't defeat the answer I'm going to give you. See, when I awakened, a controversy arose between the members of the Jewish community and the nation. Come on. Many of you, you know, you, you, some of you just punked right out. Excuse me for using such language. But you, you, you didn't want to face them. So what the hell is wrong with Farrakhan? Them Jews ain't bothering nobody. I ain't fair con sick myself. I had to wear, wear all them garments that you were making in your sewing room on me. Hypocrite, want, hungry for leadership. This, he's that, he's the other. Yeah, I know. But I never fought you back. I never took you up on the words that you were saying about me. You know why? The honorable Elijah Muhammad said to me, brother, they're saying a lot of ugly things about you, and I started to ask him, what are they saying? (laughs) I couldn't even get it out. He said, but you are just like myself. You pay it no attention you just keep on doing good and that is my history among you for 40 some years absent my teacher i took it all all
1: right brothers and sisters What a message, what a message that is part one of who is this angel? Jabril, if y'all can open up the chat for them so we can get the chats rocking and rolling. If you have something that stood out for you in this message, go ahead and raise your hand on the Zoom. Go ahead and raise your hand on the Zoom if there was anything that stood out for you. Deep message this morning, deep message this morning from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan about Brother Jabril, who woke him back up. Without Brother Jabril, there will be no us who's following the minister and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad today. All right, let's go to Sister Yolanda.
4: as Alaikum family.
1: Alaykum well, as-salam. Um,
4: the part that stood out, one part, there were several things that stood out to me. But the part that stood out to me when the minister mentioned about, I'm trying to find it in my notes, about the um, Holy Quran, those that take on the allegorical part are diseased and hard and they use it for themselves and we don't have the proper understanding or interpretation of the holy quran meaning dang i got so many notes but nevertheless just the understanding of the holy quran and getting the proper interpretation it may it came to my mind this crazy movie that's out now with Jamie Fox in it. I, I don't even know what it's called. I haven't even looked at the whole thing, they but clone nevertheless. Tyrone. They cloned Tyrone. So when the young lady, they were in one of the spaces where all this activity is going on with whoever is in control. And she mentioned a part of, y'all don't get it. They're trying to get mind control over us so who I ask myself who has control over your mind sister Yolanda because in these teachings and on these power calls um, let me not feed on what I see okay I view the the movie but not let my mind be controlled by the things that are actually being seen with the natural eye And I hear with my ear other than hearing this word that brings the light into me, which I have the proper hearing and gaining the understanding and knowledge of it. So be careful of what we feed ourselves and how we allow or how be careful of what I feed myself and how I allow it to control my mind and my thoughts, because everything starts with a thought which is in the mind. So what am I feeding myself? I mean, it's from the food, from what you see on social media, from the television, from the music. It's an ongoing thing, whatever we are allowing in our minds and the subconscious stores everything. And that's part of the reactive mind, correct? If I'm not, if I'm correct, I could be corrected nevertheless. So the point is for me, your mind having mind control, sister. So Yalanda to be careful, so that you can have the proper mind control. So I can be like the minister and have the scales removed from my eyes, which is in Acts nine verse nineteen. Assalamualaikum.
1: Wa well, lakaum salam. I wanted to also remind you all, um, if you would like to attend your local Muhammad Mosque or study group. If you are if you're wondering, is there something in my area where I can go physically? Be my guest this Friday, www.noistudygroup.com. A sister is going to reach out to you and let you know where your local mosque is and give you the instructions to put on the sign in sheet. Now, I got word back that about three people went but forgot to take a picture of the sign in sheet. We need y'all to take a picture of the sign in sheet and send it back to the number that she reached out to you guys from so that we can verify and turn it into our secretary. Okay. so if y'all plan on going in your local city this Friday, go to www.noystudygroup.com and make sure you follow those instructions that the sister give you. Okay. all right, let's go over to Sister Brianna.
5: Assalamu alaikum, fine folk. Alexa. All right, let me get my notes, make sure we are saying this correctly. I'm not going to touch on what Sissy Yolanda already said. Man, was that one powerful. You know, something that, that a brother said yesterday during uh, both services, really. He said that they were waiting for the minister to sit down when he was in the speech. And if you were there, you could notice that he, he wasn't trembling. His legs weren't shaking. This man was just standing. Standing there, standing at the burial. He is standing, giving his messages. And he said something so profound, I just had to share. He said, we thought that we would have to wait until the minister departs for him to be restored. And we're partially already seeing it now in his actions. So that was, that was some strong stuff. Shout out, Brother Tariq. Um, <laughs> he said, "He said when we get in God's place, you are making a tragic mistake. Some lose their life trying to play in God, right? So we all have to play our role. We all have to work up to it. Like, we don't just join the nation and get our ex. No, that's not how that works. We don't just join the nation and can put on a headpiece. Like There are steps that we have to take and we, there are roles that we have to play. And if we aren't in our proper role, then not only are we hindering ourselves, but we're hindering other people around because they may be looking at you for a role that you're not supposed to be playing. So that to me was pretty powerful. And I'll, I'll say one last thing. You know, I always find it interesting that he says that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is born in Georgia. He said there's no worse place uh, other than Mississippi or Alabama. And it's funny because those are the three states that they always talk about that we should go to. So the ones that did the most harm to us, most racist, most most whatever, are the ones that they tell us to go to if we were all to just come together. So I had to throw that in there. Uh, and the last thing, because that was not part of it. <laughs> the last thing is, he said, if you're not willing to go to Nutville for God, then you don't deserve it. I mean, we're not going to do it for the person that wakes us up every day. What are we doing here? All right, we done. Asalamu <laughs> alaikum.
1: Well, like salam. Let's go over to Brother Michael Russell. Can you all hear me? Yes, sir.
6: Yes, Asalamu alaikum, brothers and sisters. Uh, one thing that stood out to me is at the very end. I would have to say that the minister is the best example of somebody truly living by the words that he's speaking. I know last week he said something about how the lie does not exist. And for him to truly know that and live by that, man, it's teaching me to live exactly like that. No matter what's told about you, to stand on it, to not even respond, but to continue to live in truth. That's it.
1: Well, like Salon. yes sir that's definitely one of the things that stood out for me as well the minister saying uh well first the minister said i'm not interested in encouraging your disbelief and negative mind towards me Woo! i don't know who said this last week was it Brother De- I don't know which one of y'all said it, but you were saying, uh, was it Sister Shireen? I don't know who was saying it, that you try to control how people think about you. It was one of y'all who said it last week. It was powerful, and it reminded me of what the minister said. I'm not interested in encouraging your disbelief and negative mind towards me. Then he says, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said to me, they sing a lot of things about you. But you're just like myself, you pay it, no attention, you just keep doing good. And as we read the Quran about opposition and struggle, and we read the final call about how the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan taught us how Allah ordained opposition for his prophets, it's, it's what comes with it. And, when it and, and, and in the Bible where it says, uh, pick up your cross and follow me, And it talks about you're going to be hated for his name's sake. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be lied on. We are taught that we may even be jailed and killed. Uh, That's what comes with following the Christ. So really, if we're not being attacked, if we're not being persecuted, if nobody's not trying to slander and lie on us, are we really following Christ? Just something to think about. <clears throat> because if we're helping that Christ to build the kingdom of heaven on earth and remove Satan off of our planet, he has to come out of us. If scripture is real, where it says Satan says, "Respite me until the day that they are raised." In other words, Delay my doom Well if Us and him Telling the truth And raising our people up From the dead Is what's making his Doom come Then of course he's going to Come out to us And we heard the minister a few Weeks ago on a power Call teach us even About their tactic They're going to Turn turn our love into hate by slander, mixing truth with falsehood, uh lying. We even read if you go look up Cointel Pro, they, they wrote false articles. You see, every other day somebody's a new anti Semite because they want to turn Them into hate teachers and then want to try to get us to throw the whole man away, including the idea that he's bringing to us that may raise us. So, uh, I expect it now. And when you in it, when you you know when they lying, when they when they spreading it, when they persecuting you, it's hard. Damn, man, why they man? You know when you in it, it's hard to think about. But we got to remind ourselves, hey man, this will come with it. And, and, and as he said that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that he does uh, and that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad do uh, pay no attention and keep on doing good. And then Captain Dennis told us what Friday that the minister gave him as advice, pay no attention to that, which doesn't exist. A lie don't exist. Then I heard another. Someone say I, I'm probably quoting, misquoting this, but here's the the, the, the the summary of it don't give life to that which is dying don't give oxygen to that which is already dying out something of that nature so don't so, so pay no attention to it and then when you think about our brothers who talk about building and destroying, we ain't got to focus on the negative we ain't got to focus on destroying in building we are destroying. In doing good, you are destroying the bad. In building the kingdom of heaven on earth, we are destroying Satan's world. So that's how uh, I would think or striving to think. And that's what stood out for me uh, in this particular lecture as well. Let's go to Brother Dion. Yes, sir. I'm from Lake Lake Salam. Is
7: that Brother Dion X, brother? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it was uh, extremely uh, powerful, of course. And, uh, you know, Brother Ben, you know, when it went off and you came on, you know, I could see your spirit was heavy, you know, just from hearing it. That's what I got by hearing you speak briefly when it went off. And pretty much all of us that's on here, I believe our spirit was heavy just hearing the minister speak. at the janaza, But in short, um, as much I would like to say, and of course, for the sake of the Zoom, I won't at all. I didn't take any notes in part of me because I've been working as well. But what I would like to say is that by law's grace, I got a chance to a- attend uh, the janaza. That sister that spoke, the young sister that said, you've seen the minister standing. I noticed that on Saturday when the minister came out to the national training, He was standing that stood out to me as well as on that Sunday to that young sister that just spoke. So that strengthened me and my spirit, just seeing the minister stand like that. And of course he mentioned it himself, but uh, it was extremely heavy. You know, my, my spirit is just heavy. You know, I just wanted to express my spirit. That's pretty much it. It's not really nothing specific uh, that I'm drawing out of what he said, because everything he said was extremely heavy. The last thing I will say is that I got a chance to actually go to the viewing of Brother Jabril, and he's been dear to me through his writings. So when I was in Chicago, I got a chance to go to the viewing. I stood and uh, seen his physical uh person, like the minister would say. I was drinking in, uh, you know, his physical presence, you know, in that casket, uh, and I got a chance to sit interviewing they had music playing they had a, a tv on with him and a minister on the tv anybody that didn't make it to see us viewing but by law's grace i did and of course i made it on sunday to the janaza. so it was extremely uh powerful brother my, my spirit is still heavy as i speak that's why i'm not really getting into too much in respect of the zoom but i just wanted to express myself um yes yes whoever just said that yeah he looked like he was sleeping and the minister, when he spoke on that, you know, at the janaza, y'all yeah, can bear witness to that. He looked like he was resting. I was like, wow, you know, it was amazing. Um, but just to experience that was extremely beautiful, powerful, um, and there's so much that can be parsed from what the minister said at the janaza. You know, words can't even explain it in two, three minutes on the Zoom. So I just stick a pin in it and just wanted to express those few things. So I'm like, oh.
1: Well, like salaam, yes, sir. Thank you. Sister
8: Shireen, As-salamu alaykum
1: Waalaikumsalam. Well,
8: like, um, first, it was a sister that spoke before. Uh, it was Friday before this one last that has said we can't control um how people you know think about us or how they receive us, and then I I responded and and said that that had been one of my challenges. Uh, I don't remember the sister's name though, but she's a fireball. Um, but my, my thought after hearing the minister this morning it, is that the resurrection is an ongoing process and we learn when our impediments are pointed out to us, Allah will point out an impediment to us. Sometimes it comes from on the inside, but some most times is when we focus in on somebody else, they get on our nerves and then we get the thought, yeah, well, you do the same thing, so knock it off. You know what I mean? Um, but we have to have the honesty to first confront that that is something in us that we do have to change. And it it takes time, and the beauty of um, Brother Jabril was that he knew that it was a it was a process and the timing. He didn't just go up to the minister and be like, yo, man, it's you, you supposed to do this, and can't you see, this is who so-and-so is, that's who so-and-so, just why that happened. He took his time, he laid out his argument, and he presented it in a way that the minister would receive it and see it. But he did it when it was the right time. And I know personally, I I catch people at the wrong time sometimes. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't get the results that I want. But then I have to go back, and I gotta reflect, and I gotta go, okay, next time, you know, don't do it at three in the morning. Wait till they had their coffee. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, whatever the um the issue is that I'm trying to address, then if it if it's not effective me going after somebody else, now I gotta go after myself because obviously I'm the issue. If I keep having a challenge with certain things, I'm the common denominator. And and that's what the beauty of Brother Jabril is um the way he presented his questions and in the study guys. He makes us like look at ourselves. He makes us study and he don't take no shorts with our laziness and our you know low self-esteem and all that. He 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 shuts that down. And so we have to toughen up, get a get a thicker skin. And understand that resurrection is not a one-shot deal. It don't happen just one time. It's an ongoing evolutionary process. That's it. alaikum
1: Waalaikumsalam. All right, brother
3: Daniel. Uh, Assalamu well, yeah, just um, real briefly um, thought that came to my mind was um, takeaways spoke to me personally was the pen piece about the emphasis on the pen and uh, how they connected that with Brother Jabril. And it's interesting because the word pen comes from the word penna, which actually means feather, which is uh signifies to me personally about the feather, but as far as flying and then the thing that is how they say the pen is mightier than the sword, and it's a thing that will and many people may have never have heard brother brill but one thing we will we have what he left behind is his writings and it's so like the sister said about the timing and we will read it and when we're ready at the right timing we will read it because it's the right timing because we will actually read it but um one of the things that left behind as well is um is a scripture one of my favorite scriptures dealing with confronting pain and trauma is um it's a scripture in first corinthians 12 through 9 it's one of my favorites because that whole chapter is significant in so many ways on how the men's fur account was able to, able to strengthen us because it talks about Paul and it talks about, he had these infirmities, these weaknesses and he had prayed so many times for Satan to remove these weaknesses. But the Lord said, the Lord came to him and told him that my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then he said, he learned the glory in his infirmities his weaknesses and his distresses and traumas, and when he learned the glory in that, he said that the Lord said, "My strength is made perfect in your weakness, not my trophies, not my, not my knowledge. My strength is his. strength is not made perfect in all um, the goals I accomplished, the money I accumulated, but his his strength is made perfect in weakness. So the first step of atonement is to point out those weaknesses." those um is to point out those uh traumas that was wrong because that that first step of atonement leads the way to becoming perfect union with god matter of fact he said the musical note starts with do and it ends with do. so pointing out the trauma and confronting it and facing it, it is 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 it's in harmony with the end step perfect union with god but on high vibration and um so if I could say this, speaking of that funeral, I thought about the word ashes for some reason. Because, you know, when you burn things, you burn carbon, you burn anything, it's going to turn to ashes. You know, they say ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But in ashes, when things look uh, burnt, whether it be burnt relationships, I think of personal, I'm thinking of all kinds of stuff in my head without going into details. But every situation in my life that was burnt, every Situations I had, I felt a negative feeling around was, that was painful to confront. That looked like ashes. Ashes not only can ashes, under the right pressure, be turned to diamonds, but even ashes in themselves, not even getting to diamond, like all um, that activated, you can activate it, become activated charcoal. And chalk, activated charcoal, is 100% alkaline and 100% electric, and it can neutralize anything that's acidic. It can purify. It can heal you. It can track anything that is in the body that's an enemy of the body, any parasites, any heavy metals. It attracts it and able to take it out. So no matter what the situation is, if we're able to confront it, the ashes, something that look like ashes, actually you can use for us. So the scripture said that all things, not some things, but all things work together for the good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose, no matter what it is. So us taking upon a lot of coloring and confronting that, we can use that to actually um, strengthen the brothers, no matter what they are going through. That was my last thought.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you. Next up, we got Chris.
9: Peace, family. Um, Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, I just wanted to share what I took away from the call. Um, And I also wanted to thank you for actually hosting this today. I didn't get the text message, and I remember you saying something about that. Um, So I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, From the time that I joined originally on YouTube Live, um, my takeaway was from the following message uh, shared by the minister. Uh, Brother Jabril Muhammad had came to the minister with a book and a paper bag he was explaining, which eventually brought him to tears. And he talked about fulfilling the scripture. Um, What stuck out to me the most was the fact that the minister was willing to allow himself to listen in order to rebuild the nation. And I thought that was just beautiful because look at what we have now. Um, This is a reminder to me personally to be careful on how I not only treat people because the minister could have took a complete other way. But he clearly did that for a reason. He had a purpose to fulfill. But also to remain emotionally aware so that I can see if God has potentially somebody to help me or guide me in my walk or anyone for that matter to continue, you know, to the truth and serve Allah. Uh, that'll be everything today, brother Ben. Assalamu Alaikum.
1: Well, like, Alaikum Thank you. Sister Yasina. Assalamu Alaikum. Well,
10: like, so mine were, um, my takeaways were when the minister talked about how he gave him the name Jibril, but he didn't want, J-I-B-R-I-L, he said, I will accept it, but you've got to give it an A, which made it J-A-B-R-I-L. And I was just sharing with the sister um, that it, the minister also talked about how when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad uh, gave him, told him to change the E in Bernard to an A. And how that transitioned over into his name, Jabril. I found that very, very beautiful. And um, when the Honorable Minister Lewis Park, and I'm flipping my papers, said that um, he said, "But a pen is what made him an angel of God." And when he said it on on this on Sunday, and just because I'm reading the final call. Because they transcribed it, so I'm reading it as we're listening to it. But when he said that, uh, and then I read it again, it just made me think of the beauty of writing and how, in writing, writing is writing, because I love writing. So, writing to me is music. Your words throw your the word how the words flow and God creates these beautiful what starts off as letters and then words and then sentences and you look up and you've got a paragraph and you look up, you have got a chapter, and you've got a book, but it's all Allah, all the words, all the thoughts, everything that's in print is all from Allah. So to sit back and look at the majesty of, of Allah pouring through you with a pen and a piece of paper is just phenomenal to me um, as a writer but the the last part and there's so much but the when the minister said you don't know that we are that we are fulfilling the scriptures from genesis to revelation and the the parts we talked about peter denying him it, if we go back And we read the book of Acts chapter nine, read Matthew 26, verses 69 through 75 and read Luke 22, 54 through 62. And it puts all of that into perspective. And the last part that I wanted to say was, you know, in Hebrews 13, And two, it says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. We don't know who we are, nor do we know who the person is next to you, nor do we know who the person is that's walking down the street, the person at the grocery store who helps you with your your groceries or gives you a nice word. We don't know who they are. So in our daily walks, be careful how we entertain strangers for an entertaining a stranger. You just might be entertaining an angel. And the last part, because one of my uh, one of my best friends just just texted me and said, read Savior. Our Savior has arrived on page 80 where the honorable Elijah Muhammad says, if I were you, I, if I were you, I would lay that poison book down, which you do not understand and come and join up with me. And we will soon have a new nation here. But as long as you oppose me, you will be spiritually blind until Gabriel bro- blows his trumpet. I alaykum.
1: Asalaamu mm. them salam. Sister TT?
11: Yes, can y'all hear me? We can hear you. Um, I, I, uh, wanted to make a comment on the part where the minister said you have to eat the proper foods. Um, in my opinion, what, what I think the minister was, minister was trying to say, please correct me if I'm wrong, I think he was trying to say uh, when, when, when he was saying...
1: We can hear you now.
11: It's not... A- Oh, y'all didn't hear me. I was, I was saying, correct me if I was wrong. Um, what, what I think the minister means when he says eat the proper food doesn't, you know, necessarily mean it it means physical food, but I think it also, please correct me if I'm wrong. It means the spiritual food. That's right. And, and he was saying something about we've been eating the wrong foods, not just physically, but spiritually and mentally because you know when people say negative things that's negative food you know the old saying food for thought that's that's eating negative food when you entertain gossip and 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 negativity and nonsense and when you entertain positive thoughts and positive uh affirmations and stuff that's you know a part of eating the right foods as well as as well as the You know physical foods um, Is that what the minister meant When he said eating of the proper foods um,
1: I don't know which one you are uh, I don't know the context um, I have to step away for a minute uh, But I do know typically that does include Physical and spiritual food But I would have to hear the actual part in which he said it again to know which context he was using at that time. But typically, you know, when he is teaching us, that does include mental and physical. He, he says every physical thing has a spiritual counterpart.
11: Oh, okay, thank you.
1: Yes, ma'am. Brother Samuel.
2: Hi, salamu Am I coming through? Well, Salam.
1: Yes, sir. You coming through?
2: Okay, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm stopping in the middle of the thing. Uh, what stood out to me was the uh, how beautiful this matches up with scripture, right? And, he, and it's an it's analogy of how he walked, what we look at as something in the past, and how he always catches up with that, which is in present. Let's walk just right through the scripture. And how it's relevant how we should actually look at scripture and be able to make those connections i say of he gave us plenty of examples of how to do that i also saw the mathematics in it uh um uh, i saw my brother Gibril's, uh uh uh, uh, uh part in july 16th uh 2023 uh you know july the seventh month uh the 16th one is six or seven two oh two three that's seven again uh they both came in my number seven uh he said I went hypocrite for th- uh, 30 months, which is 2.5 years, which is seven again. I'm like, wow, this number keeps coming up. There's seven here. There gotta be something to it. Uh then what stood out was the uh look at the, um, I realize I'm that crystal. And you think of that crystal ball where you can see things in that crystal ball They had it in the in it when we was growing up, we see the crystal ball. I can look into the future and things of that nature. But uh I think uh but I think it's his son, Brother Jabril. Children can see in it as well, which says, uh, there's a lineage thing that if it's in your, uh, gene that maybe you pass that to your children, but all of us got aspects of it because as we tune in the thing and tune into our, who we really are, we can hear things that's happened to me as well. Uh, and I heard before it's that melanin, you know, we got the melanin, which is the key to black greatness according to Carol born and it's all in the atmosphere. And, it's, and the more we tune up, ourselves, the more we can pick up on things, hear things. And we know exactly that what we're hearing is true. So that made me think of that connection. Um, um, I thought about the pen as well, where he said, um, uh, you know, an uh, uh, angel is a messenger of God, you know. So someone says something about the pen. Uh, I like, like I said, the analogy of the Bible, when the cop throws three times, and the on the uh, 30 months, the three and the 30, and on the third day, he, he got back up. The scales were gone from his eyes. He was weeping. I thought all that stuff was beautiful. Uh, so I just see a lot of uh, stuff in it. And to my sister that say about why the South, I heard when I, way back before I joined the nation in 2012, um, I heard the minister say, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, this is where the leader's going to come from. Because whatever the oppression is hardest, the greater the product that comes from under that oppression. And all that he said, you ran it from, the plantation running from cotton he said, you plant cotton you got cotton you know you're running from the white man he said only to run up north and run for the same cracker that you ran from down here <laughs> so the land in mississippi is rich and this is a prime place that, like he said when the south rise it's all over right and so i can see see that that's that's my little analogy on my sister with the South. I hope that helped a little bit. But that's all I got to say. I'm trying to brush new things. But I just want to come in and say something. As-salamu alaykum.
1: Well, salam Thank you, sir. Brother Edward.
6: Hello. Can you hear me? Hello.
1: Hell is low. Hello. We can hear you. Um, oh, wow.
6: <laughs> but, um, What stood out to me was when the minister pretty much said they were pretty much seeing everything happen from Genesis to Revelation. And what stood out to me was a part in Revelation where it was talking about uh, uh, uh what's his name? The prophet Balaam. Pretty much the one who pretty much stood a uh, stumbling block before the children of Israel. That pretty much stood out to me because it also reminded me of when the minister was talking about Malcolm X and pretty much how, I I'm not sure pretty much what happened the whole conversation but in my in my personal view, Malcolm X, he pretty much would have been better off left off over here if he didn't go over there towards Orthodox this because in the uh, with the whole verse where it's talking about uh, prophet Balaam the prophet Balaam or the false prophet Balaam it was pretty much him and God talking about him um, him and God just talking and pretty much God would just tell him, Balaam like don't even mess with don't even mess with the children of Israel their blood don't be don't be so don't do that. So I, I kind of just uh, took that. I kind of just took that in analogy, in analogy of just like Malcolm X, if he didn't just go over there, he, he would just stayed over here where the where the busing was at, and just stayed over here. But I, then I also have a question concerning uh the, all three, both uh, Elijah, uh, Master Farah Muhammad, and the Minister Ulfarikhan. So I was just uh, my question was if if um, my question is um. <clears throat> if Master Farad Muhammad was said to be a prophet and Elijah is said to be a messenger, wouldn't that, uh, like, make the minister a reformer, in a sense?
1: Ask your question one more time.
6: Like if, um, I don't know if the question or oh, okay, but my question was, if Master Farad Muhammad was a, a prophet and the messenger, Eli- and Elijah Muhammad was a messenger so far, and i not in, but wouldn't that make the minister Louis Farrakhan a reformer of some sort? And if he is a reformer, would he be like a reformer of spiritual matters or physical matters?
1: Well, Master Far Muhammad is a lot in person, not a prophet. Okay. Uh the honorable Elijah Muhammad at that time was a messenger, but also now the exalted Christ and fulfills the scripture of Moses meeting uh, God face to face. And the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan also represents Moses' Aaron. But in modern time, the the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is the Messiah in our midst. So when we look in the book of John and we see what the Jews was going through with Jesus at that time, even to the fact that people don't want to get close to Jesus due to the persecution that they would receive from the Jews is all in the scripture um, and the book of John. So that's who the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan would represent, but could also fulfill. Remember, he is the fulfillment of the prophets along with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So he is a reformer and he is a reformer first uh, mentally. Uh, and spiritually that is the work of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad he says my mission is to give life to the dead and that is mentally and spiritually Uh, that also includes physically because as Brother Nuri said the other day on the mind wars we are not a body with a mind in it we are a mind with a body wrapped around it so as we change our mind scripture says be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind as a man thinketh in his heart so is he. the ministry even starts to break down even our women who have become lesbians their bodies begin to even change when they start to change that mindset and think like men um so he is a spiritual reformer but when you become a spiritually awakened, now you're eating to live and you have better love for yourself and respect for yourself it makes you take care of your body different. It makes you do for self now, and now your physical environment will change in your body, but also your physical reality as well. So I would say um, both. If that answers your question, it
6: did. It did So um, I, I don't we got, got, don't got we gotta time, go. Uh, I
1: gotta go right at ten. So we'll what go ahead. you can do if you can we'll ask that next question inside of our Telegram. Right after my meeting or if another believer maybe can answer that question, they can answer it in the telegram. So, Brother Wesley, if you can put that telegram uh, inside of the chat for us because I got to go right at 10 today because I got a teaching I have to do right at 10. So, uh, Inshallah, tomorrow morning. Remember, family, if I do not send out the text message Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Central Time, whether if I send out the text message or not. I should have the text message to send out. It renews every 7th of the month. But just in case it don't. Um, I'll see you guys tomorrow. 8 a.m. Central Time. At the same time. Thank you all for listening this morning.
2: Assalamu alaikum. alaykum. wa